Well, hi everyone. Uh, it's great to be in your home and I certainly count it a privilege that you would allow us into your home this way. I don't take it for granted. I do miss our gatherings. I can't wait for the day that we're back together. And, uh, and it's just really heartening to see how Australia's response has actually flattened the curve and we are, you know, we're in a good place. Things aren't over yet, but we're in a good place. And that's really in, encouraging. It's gonna be great to be back together again. Um, but until we are, one fact has not changed and never will. Jesus said that as the church, you are salt and light, no matter where you are, no matter what station of life you find yourself. And so can I encourage you right through this season, determine to continue to be a blessing to others, no matter where you are, as you have opportunity. Um, we as a, a nation, Australia, have uh, just commemorated Anzac Day, which is, you know, I think uh, appropriate. It's a significant event in our nation's history, the Gallipoli landings, etc. that in, in a sense forged a legend that certainly helped forge a national identity. And uh, we, we commemorated that yesterday and, and I think it's appropriate over this whole weekend to make mention of it again. Uh, I do think that we have great respect for that generation that were thrown into the turmoil of war and like so many that bear the brunt of conflict. They, the ones who were at the front lines certainly probably weren't the ones who, uh, who wanted war or who instigated it, but they found themselves there. And uh, I think the news of the difficulty and then ultimately the failure of the landings at Gallipoli would have totally rocked this nation. Uh, this was in a day when casualty lists were published in local newspapers. So for some people, their, their first knowledge of the loss of a loved one was through reading the local paper. Quite possibly their neighbours would know before they did of their significant loss. Uh, by the end of four years of war, it's believed that um, one in four homes, one in four Australian homes, had lost either a father or husband or son. Uh, when you take into consideration the, the secondary grieving impact of losing uncles and cousins, etc., uh, it's believed one in two Australian homes had suffered significant personal loss, which is incredible. No wonder that day has embedded in, and sort of uh, remembering or choosing that day to remember the losses of every war and the significant contribution of so many has embedded itself in our national psyche and it's fitting that it does so. And of course many lessons were probably learned the very hard way, a very harsh price was paid uh, in those days uh, but sadly, it's also obvious history would tell us that there were many lessons that weren't learnt from those harsh realities. And, and I guess in a, in a funny sense, it is human experience that we pay dearly uh, to learn. And experience seems to be, or, or, or difficult experiences seem to be a hallmark of life on this planet. From, from uh, wars, which from that end is a very serious thing, right down to maybe where most of us live. Uh, it could have been in buying a dodgy second-hand car uh, and then 
paying the price that you could have paid for a good car in the first place over the next year or two. It could have been uh, on an overseas holiday eating food from a, from a suspect roadside vendor and then spending the next 48 hours of your precious holiday time riding the Porcelain Express, so to speak. Um, but whatever it is, I think we should determine never to waste an experience, especially a painful one. I mean, if you pay dearly uh, for the lesson, then it's a lesson that you should learn. And I guess that leads me to a question for today, which is what are we learning about ourselves in this current season? I think we need to beware of the trap of increasing distraction and actually missing a really unique moment to learn. You know, from from social media to Netflix, I, I notice that distraction is is maybe for some, for those who are privileged to access it, at an all-time high. Uh, and the fact is, this crisis will pass, and maybe one of the most positive things we could pull out of it all is the ability to take what it taught us about ourselves as a lesson for our future. The fact is this long weekend looks very different for most people in Australia this year uh, with the needed response to the whole COVID-19 crisis and its superseding plans and superseding expectations, not just for the weekend, but for the foreseeable future. And so right here, I think we need some timely words uh, from Scripture. And and I want to look to the letter from the Apostle James in chapter 4, verses 13 through 16. He says this to us, and I think they're words that are very relevant for our generation. He says, come now, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time, then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance And all such boasting is evil. And and wow, I think that is a difficult passage for us. Uh, It's an uncomfortable reality check, if I could put it that way. Uh, For a number of reasons, I think, number one, we don't like being told that we're not in control. We like to think that we're autonomous, that we determine our own future. I mean, at the end of the day, isn't that what occasionally motivational speakers tell us, that we are in control and we determine our own path? And there is a truth to that. The decisions that we make have a huge impact on our future. But in a season like this, we are reminded that we are not in control at all. And I think secondly, what makes this passage so difficult and so confronting is we don't like to be told that we're at risk of being arrogant and proud. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, you know, that that self-important pride and arrogance is never a good look. It's never a look that we're willing to admit might be part part of us. 
And so James's words come to us at a point where we we could be taking lessons out of this. And I think he makes some great observations. So I'd like to speak to us today about making the most of an uncomfortable reality check. Making the most of an uncomfortable reality check. Here's the definition of a reality check. I love it. It's an occasion on which one is reminded of the state of things in the real world. <laughs> I love that thought because it sort of, it, it hints at the fact that to, for a reality check to actually be that, it means that maybe you are living in a little bit of a self-created bubble. And uh, it's like bursting the bubble. It's like holding a mirror up and really seeing the reality of things. And no one ever wants a reality check. That is not something we voluntarily tend to sign on for. This someone holding up a mirror for you when you're not ready or you're not prepared to see what you're about to see. The fact is the the inspired nature of Scripture uh, means that it does this for us in so many powerful and if we're willing to embrace it, if we're actually open to it in so many helpful ways, it does hold the mirror up and gives us a clear picture of often the way that we're thinking and the way that we're acting, even unwittingly. Uh, and so we're going to look at what James says and maybe uh, look in the mirror today, if that's okay. Here's the first thing that James James puts out there as a reality check. You can't control tomorrow. We are not in control of tomorrow. He starts off with this phrase, you know, you say, well, tomorrow we will. And then he breaks in and reminds us, you do not know what will happen tomorrow. And I'm sure James didn't mean in the simple things like, you know, I'm going to go fishing or I'm just going to go to the gym Although, incredibly, this has become a reality. We cannot control that. And we can't just say we're going to do that tomorrow. And so, you know, words from so many years ago resonate so clearly and so truthfully into our current moment. Um, But what I do think he's talking about is when we begin to act and posture sort of like we're indestructible and like we are totally in control, that we answer to no one, that we are totally autonomous and we're able to live in a self-created bubble. That's what James is pointing out. And he points out that that is arrogant and prideful. And, And I think, you know, when times are soft and happy, and the fact is we all want to live in that space, when, when we live in a season like that, we can easily self-deceive ourselves. You know, with the possessions that we value, with, with places we go, with the lifestyle that we enjoy. And, and they're all good things. But if we're not careful, we can easily take them for granted and even embrace a mentality of entitlement when it comes to that level of prosperity and freedom. And I think if we find ourselves living in that headspace, then the events that we that we currently are experiencing pose the the greatest threat, the greatest shaking, the greatest injustice that we've experienced for a long time. 
So I, I think the question needs to be, what is motivating you right now? If, if we're to learn from James, for you and I, what's vo- motivating me right now? Fear or faith, frustration or hope, concern for self and lost privileges or concern for the welfare of others? Because, you know, that's a lesson right there. There's a takeaway in all of this. Don't miss it. Don't don't miss it through distraction. But we're paying dearly right now for lessons that we could learn that would help us right into our future. We have an opportunity to take a good, hard look in the mirror. and, And James is urging us to. Uh, the next thing that I see James is pointing out to us is, uh, is another harsh reality, a reality check. You may not live forever. You may not live forever. And, and I don't mean about a one day, someday, maybe eternal life in heaven kind of thing. Right here, James is just talking about garden variety mortality. And he says this, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. James is comparing our life, our whole life, to a shot of steam. Uh, in, in, In an eternal perspective, even just in a human history perspective, our few moments on the planet are a small thing indeed. And man, that's a reality check that often we don't, want to face. Um, I I think I began to realize this as I got older, maybe somewhere in my early 40s or mid 40s. I know for me, nursing my aged parents and then watching them pass away, uh, uh, both of them in the space of a few short years, it really brought a sense of mortality. And and I think this is maybe Uh, what midlife crisis is, because you hit that middle of the year, especially for the male uh, of the species. You know, we hit that midpoint of our lives and it's almost like we can see the finish line. Uh, When you're younger, you, you only ever see life ahead of you, but then all of a sudden you see a lot of life behind you and and not so much in front of you. And it, it tends to make you want to reach back for the glory of the past. And uh, I think if you're a healthy individual, want to make a significant dent with the time that you've got left. But all of it is getting a perspective on mortality of, of our humanity that we actually don't live forever on this earth. This life has an end date. That's what James is saying. What is your life? It has an end date. Don't forget that. It's wise to live in the light of that. And I think that's what motivates us to make the most of the life that we've been given. So there's a lesson right there, a takeaway. Don't miss it because we're paying a high price to stop in the business of life and recognize it right now. It's an opportunity to take a good, hard look in the mirror. So here's a question. If you you can't take anything you've invested in this life with you, have you been a wise investor? 
Have you invested where you really need to? Next thought James throws out to us is humility is the way forward. Humility actually, I believe, breeds hope. Humility is the counter to pride and arrogance that helps us live in the moment, whether it's a prosperous, happy, easy season or whether it's a a difficult, shifting sand kind of moment. It is humility that helps us actually live our lives with a proper perspective. Uh, He says this, instead, instead of the arrogance and the pride and the self-determination, you ought to say, you ought to take a step back and say, you know what, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. And then he finishes with saying, but now you're, you're boasting in your arrogance and all such boasting is evil. And here James is introducing the need for humility in the human experience. Uh, More than that, he's warning us of the the danger that arrogance and pride poses uh, to our whole lives. The the disaster that generally follows arrogance and pride. He says all such boasting is evil, that sense of self-determination, it's Evil and, and interestingly, that's a really strong word in Scripture. The Greek word paneros actually means diseased or blind. You could put it this way, rotten. Uh, so the, the whole thought is that we undermine our own lives when pride or arrogance, this sense of uh, I'm so autonomous and I'm so self-determining and nothing can ever touch me and nothing will affect me. When we get into that space, we actually begin to white ant our own resilience and our own strength. And all it takes is a, is a difficult moment, is, is a, a moment where we can't be self-determining, a moment where circumstances dictate to us, whether that comes through disease or financial crisis or relationship breakdown. Life has those moments and all it takes is those moments to reveal, you know, the damage that the termites in our life, the termite of, of self-determining pride that can white ant our lives. You know, there's a, a line from a song in the old movie, Mary Poppins. Uh, it's been remade. It's a new movie now. But there's a line in the original movie called uh, A Spoonful of Sugar Makes the Medicine Go Down. And the whole thought was, I guess, in times when that original movie was made, uh, medicines didn't come full of sugar the way they do now. And the whole thought was to add a spoonful of sugar to, to bitter medicine that was hard to swallow, but possibly necessary for the well-being of the patient. Adding that spoonful of sugar actually made what was difficult to swallow uh, able, to, able to be coped with. And I think that's what James is talking about here. And he's pointing us toward that, you know, life, when it doesn't react the way that we want it to, when it doesn't respond the way that we want it to, when we move from a season that has been prosperous and quite easy, maybe for many of us, into all of a sudden a season that is difficult and limited, it's actually humility that can help us embrace that new reality, that can help us accept the reality check that it brings to our life and actually keep going through it. 
with perseverance and with hope and with faith for a better tomorrow. And so what's happening right now is not some sinister plot. The universe is not out to get you. Uh, conspiracy theories that are getting thrown around, you know, it's a Chinese government plot and it's a cover up. And, you know, honestly, I don't think any of that helps anyone's thinking. The fact is what government doesn't try and cover its mistakes, whether they're intentional or deliberate. Um, This is not a conspiracy against us. This is reality of life on a broken planet. And I want to encourage you, you know, to those who can live with a humility that keeps perspective on human experience outside of our own little self-created bubbles, that keeps a bit of perspective on the broader world, then, then the current situation is definitely frustrating. At times it's frightening, but I'm not sure it's actually really a shock. Because there's a lesson right there. There's a takeaway right here. Don't miss it because we're paying a a pretty significant price to learn it. We have an opportunity to look in the mirror. And I would ask you the question, you know, what what am I filtering my experience through? Arrogance, self-determined pride or humility? Because that's going to have a major impact on the, on the strength and the resilience we have to face the current circumstances. So, so in, just in recapping, I think James has done us a favour by holding a mirror up, even if we weren't prepared to see what maybe we see at times. We have an incredible opportunity to learn a lot about ourselves that will Keep us in good stead for our future right now. Here's some questions that might help us pull it all together. What has this crisis helped me discover about myself? That's that's a good question to ask ourselves right now. What has this crisis helped me discover about myself, about my strengths, about my weaknesses, about my fears, about my motivations? What am I learning about who I am. Uh, Another question might be, what unhealthy feelings am I experiencing that may be caused by my inability to control my circumstances? Sort of in other words, how how is this pushing me out of shape um, simply because I can't control it? And I wonder, that leads to another question like that could be helpful. I wonder what role would accepting my humanity have in restoring internal peace, if indeed you're unsettled in this present circumstance? Uh, Another question, in taking stock of my feelings and attitudes right now, is there a place for greater humility in my life? I guess that's asking the exact same question a different way. But in in really understanding how I'm feeling and reacting and what my attitude is, you know, is it possible that humility could help me right now? And lastly, you know, if I've only ever invested myself in the material things of this life, 
Is it time I considered the bigger picture of eternity? So I'd, I'd like to pray for us right now this morning. I've appreciated spending the time with you. I trust the word of God uh, has spoken to your heart. I, I trust it's brought perspective into this current season. And, and I know for me, um, I, I'm determined to learn what I need to learn and get through it. Um, help as many people as I can help through it. I think that's a healthy perspective for us to all have. But, but let's not miss the lessons that we get when there's a major seasonal shift uh, for our society. There's lessons in it for us all. So I'd love to pray for you. Father, I thank you for, for everyone right now, uh, everyone who's watching this, wherever they are. And, uh, and I pray for them, Father. I pray for us that we wouldn't waste this opportunity, that this moment would not be wasted. As difficult as, as it is, we would be able to take a good, hard look in the mirror. Um, we would be able to understand that we can't control things, even though most of the time it appears like we might be able to. The fact is that we can't. Uh, I pray that the, the reality of our lives having a use-by date, having a time limit, uh, would not discourage us, but would motivate us to make the most of the lives we've been given. And I pray that you would help us to determine to invest in things that really matter, things that, that go beyond uh, the, the thrill of the moment, that that go beyond the possessions that we accumulate. Things that really matter. Investments in people, investments in eternity, in Jesus' name. And hey, if you're with us today, and, and maybe as I've spoken about eternity and how we're investing ourselves, uh, maybe you would recognize that, well, I haven't invested myself in eternal things. Possibly you're only with us in this season. You're only finding yourself, quote unquote, in church, so to speak, uh, because of the circumstances. And it's made you stop and really think about your life. Well, friend, I want to invite you into this, this journey that we call Christianity. Uh, I want to invite you into the love of God and the acceptance of God. He's reaching out to you right now. And through his word, he's speaking to our hearts. And so I want to encourage you. you. You can open your heart right where you are. If you were saying, Chris, how can I engage the internal? How can I meet God for myself? I'd encourage you to open your heart and maybe use simple words like this. Dear Jesus, I open my heart to you. I invite you into my life. Help me to follow you. Amen. And I know that's a very simple prayer, but ultimately that, that is all God's looking for. He's looking for faith. He's looking for open hearts that make room for him. And my friend, if you've done that, then, uh, then I celebrate with you today. That is a tremendous step. That is the beginning of, uh, of the rest of your life in a whole new way of looking at it if you allow God to have his way in you. And uh, we'd love to help you with that. So in a few moments time, someone is going to let you know how you can uh, connect with us and how we can encourage you on your new spiritual journey.
Well, it's been great to be with you today. Uh, thank you so much for having me in your homes or wherever you've been viewing this service. God bless you. Have a good week. Stay safe and remember, encourage others.